Good afternoon, planet Earth. Good afternoon to the lords and queens, the kings and the, the dukes and the duchess. Good afternoon to the swamp, the swamp gentle people. Good afternoon to the people of Spain. Good afternoon to the folks in Scompton, sharpening their sticks. Good afternoon to the cave people, thinking of moving to the sticks. Good afternoon, Mr. City. Good afternoon, Miss Suburban. Are you making chicken pie? Are you getting ready to die? Let's hope not. Just kidding, right? That's dark, Dan. Chicken pie. Very dark. It is January the 3rd. 2024. It's year five of Bo Blimp Doc. What does it have in store? Will there be new flying monkeys? Heading south or north for the winter? Will there, be, will there be a new fear? Coming soon to a theater near you. Who knows? It's almost 1.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here in, on the Olympic Peninsula. Ha ha ha. Not far from, you know, Squeebus Town. Not far from Splunkton, not far from Greekus Bridge, not far from the River of Sticks, here in the middle of nowhere, waiting for the hellhound, sitting on the wet ground. Yeah, we're all here, right? say you had a podcast and some person came up to you and said here's a million dollars stop talking about this let's say you had a podcast and some scrombo came along and said here's five million dollars stop talking about that Let's say you had some type of podcast or YouTube channel. <clears throat> Let's say you had a topic of interest, interesting to you. I don't care about the topic. It's not fucking relevant for this particular thought experiment. You have a podcast. You speak your truth. And somebody comes up to you and says, Buddy, if you can just switch topics and never discuss that one again... I'll give you five million bucks. Now you could say, Dan, oh, I'm a person of integrity. I'd never take the money. 
I'm a good person, Dan. I, I live according to my word. Come on, I'm not a turd. You can say that, pal. But what if you really needed the money? What if your family was going to be evicted from their home? What if a friend of yours needed surgery? What if you needed money? What if you had a friend that needed surgery? You have some topic you discuss. Let's say you're a crypto maximalist or a crypto minimalist. Let's say you talk about the robot apocalypse. Let's say you talk about George Soros. And somebody comes along and says, here's five million bucks. You can talk about anything you want to. You just can't talk about this. I have had a podcast off and on in different forms for about 10 years, more or less since my divorce. Um, you could argue that it really didn't pick up as a podcast in terms of my own commitment until 2018. That'd be about five years ago. But prior to 2018, I had a couple YouTube channels that got banned. I had a blog that was pretty much destroyed, and another one was stolen later by the same company. <laughs> Where do you get customers like that? Yeah, chumps are us. And I wouldn't argue there's anything special about my message, and if there's anything different about my podcast, it might be the things that make it suck. That could be the truth. So before I get into this, I don't want you to think of this as some woe is me, holy fuck. No, no, no. You tuned into the wrong fucking channel. This isn't that. This isn't really even about me in particular. I've been podcasting for about a decade. Have I experienced censorship? Sure. Who hasn't? I mean, there are dominant narratives that you can support. And, and the good news is you can be pro- or you can be con. But what you can't do is tell people the division is bullshit. That gets you in trouble. You can be a mega head, or you can make fun of Trump, but what you can't say is that Trump is more or less some type of manufactured thing. And whatever purpose Trump serves, and we can all have opinions, it isn't really to help you or anybody else. And I doubt that even Trump, you know... How can I put this? I'm, I'm fairly certain that Trump is in on it. You know, so again, you can be pro or anti-Trump. You can make fun of Biden or talk about voting for him. You can, you can be really angry about drag queen story time or you can promote it. But what you can't say is drag queen story time is a limited hangout wasting people's fucking time. You can't say that. You can say Putin is bad, 
and you can say Zelensky's good or vice versa, but what you can't say is, you know, I don't know how much of that fucking war is true. I don't. I do not have a trustworthy source of information at all to tell me how much of the war in Ukraine is real, okay? And so you can apply this to many things. If you want to do well, you can be a Bitcoin maximalist or you can be a minimalist. You can talk about traveling to Mars or you can talk about your sports cars or you can talk about cooking in a stump. You can talk about the lump. But you can't talk about those things being irrelevant. And what's more critical, you can't talk about the lying. You know, you, you got to kind of pretend that there's truth out there. There's truth on YouTube. There's truth on Spotify. There's truth on the World Wide Web. You can have all sorts of fearful opinions about the New World Order. Um... You can promote the reset or be opposed to it. You can promote agenda, whatever, agenda 30, 32, who gives a fuck. You can promote it or you can be opposed to it. But if you call out the Klaus Schwab, WEF stuff as total fucking mind warp bullshit, that will get you in trouble. So there are many things you can say that will get you in trouble. I've learned this lesson well. For example, you can be angry about the vaccines. And you can be pro-vaccine. You can be, oh my God, there was a pandemic that just happened accidentally. Or you can say the pandemic came from a Wuhan murder lab. But in general, if you say the pandemic never fucking happened in any mathematical sense that would be meaningful, if you tell people that if you apply the math of the pandemic, Dan Sullivan, yours truly, is an NBA basketball player because you could see me dribble a ball, ergo, I'm a basketball player in the NBA. That is how logical and reasonable the data is behind the COVID. You can be pro or anti-vax. You can have Wuhan theories. You can have random bug virus theories. But what you can't do is come out and tell people the whole thing is fucking bullshit. You can't do that. So what if somebody came up to you? Let's say they came up to me. It's my stupid thought experiment. You know, it's my obsessive impulse. Maybe I should give you my fucking answer. If someone came up to me and said, Dan, here's five million bucks. Here's the topics we don't want you to discuss. Maybe it's Antarctica. Because you know what? As absurd as it sounds, I, I don't think they're going to Denver. I don't think they're going to Cheyenne Mountain. I don't think they're going to fucking New Zealand. If they got the money, they're going down under where you will never find them. They'll be so far away as you're eating your chili soup. It'll be a brown goop. Do you think you'll care about Antarctica? Antarctica. 
If every day is a struggle, if what you're trying to do is get food, water, shelter every fucking day, do you think you'll have the time or the resources? Anywho, what if some dude said, stop fucking talking about Antarctica, and here's five million bucks? And I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody came up to me and did that, and, and I said, all I have to do is stop talking about Antarctica on the podcast. Oh yeah, that's all you got to do. Here's five million bucks. First point I'm going to make, that doesn't mean Antarctica is the safe zone. That's also a way that things get sheep dipped. Oh, I'm sorry. Does life fucking confuse you? Tucker Carlson? Alex Jones? How the fuck do you think people get suckered? They get suckered by tricked into believing something is legit. So just because some fucker comes up to you and says, please don't talk about this, here's five million bucks, that doesn't even remotely prove anything. The question remains, do you take the money? Assuming it's real. Assuming it's as real as any of the other printed fucking money the Federal Reserve is currently producing. Do you take five million bucks to shut up about something? Do I do it? Okay. Also, got to add this. A lot of people have had opinions similar to mine since 2020. A lot of people have voiced those opinions and have tried to prepare and have tried to prepare their neighbors. Okay. Um, I'm not alone there. If I speak a truth, I don't pretend it's my only truth. So... <laughs> The other factor in all this is, 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 you know, does this any, at this point in time, I got, I, I don't know how to put this, I'll put it this way. At this point in time, does it make a fucking difference anyways? Does it? Do you think it does? I don't. I think enough people, not everybody, but enough people have adopted internal narratives concerning reality it's going to be their story till the end. So added bonus, even if you even if you take the five million, it doesn't make a fucking difference. It doesn't make a difference. Whatever the subject is you want to discuss, it's Bitcoin, Antarctica, nuclear fucking bombs. I don't care. You take the money, it doesn't make a fucking difference at all. It's also why they're not going to offer you or I any money. Because what they're doing is working, okay? They are, as I've said in the past, they are carpet bombing the third eye. They are doing a denial of service on your fucking intuition. They are giving you um, a buffet of horrors. But, but the thing that all the horrors have in common is they all got nice little Disney solutions. There's Biden. Oh, my God. But then there's Trump. There's a terrible COVID. But there's a vaccine or a horse dewormer, depending upon who you listen to. You know? In front of you, in front of me, is a buffet of lesser catastrophes, all of which have a kind of Disney ending. Whether it's, you know, going to vote or not wearing those coffee filters if they ask you to do it again, whatever it is. They all do have a kind of solution. At this point, I think most people, not all, but certainly enough people, have adopted a narrative that, how else can I put it? How would I phrase it? Allows them to deal with anxiety that they can't identify and classify it in a way 
that, you know, they're more or less owned. So knowing all this, knowing that it probably doesn't fucking matter, knowing that you're not alone, knowing other people are speaking out, and I'm going to add one more bonus. You've got a shitty podcast just like me, and according to the data, there ain't more than 100 people who listen. Knowing all this, would you take the fucking money? Okay? They're not asking you to sign anything in Sanskrit. You can't smell any sulfur. This kind of crap is way low rent for Satan. Okay? He's got a he's got bigger fish to fry, baby. He's following his, you know, part of the plan, which is God's plan. So there's no trick here. There's no need for Jimmy Stewart to show up and defend you against the devil. It's a simple transaction. Stop talking about X and you get $5 million. Tax-free. I don't know if I have an answer. Um, I'm throwing it out there because I'm kind of a shitty mood, you know, about a lot of things. And the reason why... One of the reasons why you haven't heard from me in more than a week or about a week is because I haven't had very much good to say. And I know that that usually doesn't stop me in the past, but I try to be careful about separating my own, you know, predilection for depression and darkness from reality. Okay, just because I'm a dark person doesn't make reality dark. Just because I get depressed doesn't mean everything is depressing. Okay? I have to separate those things out. But I thought of this today. I thought, you know what? If by some miracle, some shithead came up to me and said, here's five million bucks, just don't talk about this one thing, I don't know what I would do. But all the arguments for caution are no longer valid. Okay, nobody listens to me. I have no following. I am as heavily censored as just about every other schmuck out there. And at this point in the game, it probably doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. I, and when I say either I'm right, I'm not alone. Many people have come to the same conclusions as me. But if we're right, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't, folks. Okay, I'm still podcasting for fucking God knows reason, you know, the reason why. The Lord in heaven knows. And I think I have some listeners out there. Maybe I'm helpful. I don't know. But if you think that my words could ever have made a difference, you're confused. Because I'm either right or wrong, A, along with other people. And if I'm wrong, I'm a crazy person you should have never listened to. And if I'm right... I'm just one of many voices that get stomped on, competing with stronger voices that, frankly, people want to hear, okay? Nobody wants to hear this shit. They want to hear that their house price is going up 800%. They want to hear that crypto is going to save the day. They want to hear there's going to be a soft landing, right, Jerome? It's going to be a brief recession, Followed by a huge explosion, all stocks will increase by 8 billion percent. You will have a robot body. You will have a robot lover. Her name will be 
Glover. Yeah, she'll be special. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear this. Next topic. Next topic, here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Sometimes wrecking balls indicate future construction. Sometimes they just indicate shit is getting wrecked. Sometimes an explosion means they're clearing way for a tunnel. Sometimes an explosion means shit's being blown up. Sometimes they grind it to dust and they do not bake the bread. Sometimes it disappears, never to reappear again. Sometimes wrecking balls indicate future construction. Sometimes they just indicate shit is getting wrecked. Sometimes. What does that mean, Dan? Well, okay. So if you listen to this podcast, you know my feelings on the reset and Weff and Klaus Schwab. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um... But I, I think these things are also kind of make-believe. When I look at everything they've been doing since early 2020, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything you can build on. If you're an evil, like, just pretend you're, you know, as I've said in the past, play pretend. Put on your imagination helmet, okay? Put on your imagination helmet, okay? Let's just play pretend for a second, you know? If you look at everything they've done since 2020, under what circumstances, if you were a Bond villain, could you use what they've done? I mean, how would you use it? They've been practicing high-intensity military psychological warfare of the trauma-based mind control variety, the outcomes of this are things like adrenal fatigue, stress, suicide, other things. None of them good. So as a Bond villain, how are you going to use hundreds of millions, if not billions, of fucking crazy people? And they are batshit crazy, okay? You can have whatever fucking opinions about vaccines and viruses and BLM Antifa and drag queen Putin story time, but enough people out there seem fucking crazy to me. What the fuck do you build on that? What? Okay? You're going to build a future of pyramids and robots on that? And if your plan is to kill everybody, okay. But so far, that doesn't quite look like the plan, really. The plan looks like a kind of a get-out-of-dodge plan. I'm seeing wrecking balls, and I see no indication they're going to build shit. I'm seeing wrecking balls and dirt and dust and blood and destruction. I'm seeing communities imploding, and I mean that. 
I am not seeing any indication that they are either A, building or intend to build anything. And as a glorious reminder of that high-tech city of Seattle and those great bus signs, the ones that would give you the bus schedule either in the future or the past, so useful. I see no indication that the high-tech world's going to fucking save you either. Other than making weird pictures and videos, I see no indication that artificial intelligence is going to help. What I see are wrecking balls. That's what I see. So you tell me, pal, if they want to take over the world, what the fuck are they going to take over? Other than, a, you know, a lunatic asylum. Next topic. Dan. Oh, don't say Dan to me, baby. I saw you late last night on that social media channel. Libertarian, huh? Red hair, nice cleavage. You were baking cake, baking pie, snaking your way. Getting high. What do you say, Sheila? What do you say, Brett? I get my PCP from a guy named Ned. He lives in a shed, baby. I fill Ned with dread. When I stop by, you know, to get high. His sister Astra is rubbing her tits and the cocaine racers are on full alert. Chester, the Frito King, sees the edge. But that doesn't stop Reggie from greasing up. All is kettle beams and moist pudding. All is gelatin magic. Ned and I ran hookers near Cleveland. Our drawers were full of cash and stash. Our bodies wrecked from late nights, Jersey-style fights, and the maggot widows looking for crack. I could have stopped that dude, but I didn't. He needed a break, but I shook my fist at God. And you, what did you do? What did you do, buddy? I told Ned once, you'll be okay at sea if you can envision the end of nowhere. It's out there on the horizon. Kitten warlords are forming gangs in Vegas. Tired old pooter hooters are arming up in Ohio. Stale whispers are scampering back into their holes. Ned knew a ginger freak once. She sold her pie online to any old scrobe herder. She'd massage her buvula on demand as her husband watched in the cuck chair. Cherry pie or ginger spread, she went by so many names. But all of it pointed to harlotry and the selling of cheap flesh for a buck. It was the general crabs that took her life one day. Took the cucks 
wife one day crawling out in fury in a hurry to find another hideaway little crabs some of you live in houses of mud and glass you sling your ass for a grand and a nightstand love shot your fervor is big Your fervor is big as nature casts its gaze. You made flavor aid of your mistress and her turtle maid, but your own pipe is tired and the love grease is drying on the mattress. I started treating my ankle oozing spongulitis with PCP. I'm feeling better already. I tasted the shavings as Sky Pistol Heroes sung songs of long dead, baboon cowboys. I seared in the juices with my laser knife and left the carcass to rot in the swamp, a soothing treat for the giant slugs feeding on hooker bile and tornado rats. And Karen, oh, she's gone. Karen took the granite sandwich maker and two of our flavor ovens for barbecuing corn syrup. I can't lie, I was sad to leave behind the Frenchie roaster and the two-sided panda oven. We do the best we can with Harper-style stew. We find the broken things by the wayside. I tried to be kind to all of you, but you ignored my pleadings, all of you. Now all Scroglon and Hebus types will be eradicated from the Great Wheel. Privilin dukes and doorknob freaks are to be hunted on Wednesday after breakfast. Time is a hammer. I'm Bob Ross. Time is a hammer. I'm Bob Ross. I tried to be kind. Kind to all of you. But you ignored my pleadings. I did my first time edit. Most of you won't notice. As chief time wrangler, I have the right to declare all of my time slaves. You are all my time slaves. I've been making you do shit, but you don't remember because of time travel. The first great time war is the last great time war because it's a never-ending time war. Now that my device is activated, I have to tell you, I have no choice but to unravel time, because this timeline sucks. Consciousness may be preserved for those that continue to exist. More Mandela effects, though. Sorry. Non-existence will suck. Maybe for some of you. This timeline is fucked beyond repair.
You've all been fools. You were given time-saving tools, but you chose your dating apps and your STDs and your dried-out, dirt-covered rubbers. So none of you get time. Time is up. We are entering year five of Bo Blimp Doc, and I must declare for the record, mark my words, I am taking full control of all timelines, all of you. All future events will occur according to my whims and fancy. Some of you dream of a techno-utopian future. You'll have a robot body, you'll live forever. But instead, you will have metal hands. But instead, you will have metal hearts. You'll scratch off your pseudo-flesh to feel anything. You'll scratch off your fake skin, but you'll feel nothing. You'll want to end it, but you won't be able to. Life is ginger, PCP pie, and then you die. It's just a missing puzzle piece that you and I never get to see. That's all that's missing from the picture. When we realize the scope of it, our priorities will be pretty basic food, water, shelter, security. And it does feel like the exclamation mark is getting closer. Crazy, crazy, crazy gingers on social media making pie. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Everyone has in them one Kurt Russell from some Kurt Russell movie. And I, and that's, I don't know, maybe that's silly, but you know, a lot of people, I, I'm Snake Plissken, okay, okay, okay. I'm R.J. McCready from The Thing... Nobody trusts anyone. Nobody trusts anyone anymore. I'm the first podcaster. I'll leave this tape behind. My whole world is filled with Yogg-Sothoth. My whole world is filled with butter beans. No one will believe me. I'll leave this tape here. Nobody trusts anybody anymore. John Carpenter had many great movies, and he had a few of them with uh, Kurt Russell in them, a couple at least. Um, probably my favorite John Carpenter movie is The Thing. And yeah, if I was going to pick a Kurt Russell, it, would, it wouldn't be Snake Plissken. It wouldn't have been from, you know, Overboard, whatever. This isn't some rom-com. If I had to pick a Kurt Russell that matches where I'm at, and I'm not saying I'm skilled or I can fly a fucking helicopter or that I have a flamethrower or dynamite, but if I had to pick a, pick a Kurt Russell, yeah, it would be R.J. McCready. That guy.
Next topic. Next topic. Right. Sad, sad news. Sad, sad news. Here is a report from Reuters. It was uh, published, you know, a few days ago on December the 27th. So I suppose almost a week ago, really. Headline, Gaston Glock, the man behind the gun, dies aged 94. Written by Kirsty Knoll. Gaston Glock, the reclusive engineer and tycoon who developed one of the world's best-selling handguns, died on Wednesday, age 94, the Austrian news agency said. The Austrian won loyal followings among police and the military across the world with weapons that bore his name. Forbes estimated his and his family's fortune to be $1.1 billion in 2021. His rise began in the 1980s when the Austrian military was looking for a new innovative weapon. But until then, the Glock company had made military knives and consumer goods, including curtain rods. But he assembled a team of firearms experts and came up with the Glock 17, a lightweight semi-automatic gun largely made of plastic. The revolutionary design, with a frame made of a high-strength nylon-based polymer and only the slide made of metal, beat several other companies' blueprints and secured his upstart outfit the contract. Soon, the easily assembled weapon became a global hit. Get yourself a Glock and lose that nickel-plated sissy pistol, Tommy Lee Jones said in the 1998 movie U.S. Marshals. Many U.S. police officers used them, and U.S. rappers worked them into their rhymes. Among them, Snoop Dogg's Protocol and Wu-Tang Clan's The Glock. U.S. soldiers found toppled Iraqi President Saddam Hussein hiding with a Glock in a hole in the ground in 2003. They later presented that weapon to U.S. President George W. Bush, according to the New York Times. Yeah, I'm not going to talk any more about this. You can read more. The link to the articles here. I'm sure there are many eulogies on, on online. When it comes to self-defense, people have different views. I'm, I'm not an expert. I know how to use a weapon, and I've used weapons. But that doesn't make me an expert. I know how to use them safely. Still, doesn't make me an expert. I've owned one Glock, a Glock 19. I don't currently have it, but it's not because it was a bad handgun or that it broke. Um, I don't have a lot of things right now. Let's just leave it at that. You know, when you get pretty close to street homelessness, you find out there's a lot of stuff that you can't take with you, and we've covered that topic in the past, really. But I, I will say this about the Glock 19. In the United States military, I qualify with the M9, which is military nomenclature for basically a Beretta. Um, the Beretta was heavy, a lot heavier than the Glock. I can't say it was more accurate. Um, it had a decent sight picture, but I, I consider the Glock sight picture to be one of the best on a pistol I've ever used because, in part, it's so fucking simple. So... A lot of being able, being able to defend yourself is, you know, the time it takes you to aim and shoot. And depending upon weight, depending upon sight picture, depending upon training, 
the time it takes for you to go from ready to shooting um, is going to vary. You know, low-skilled people with no experience are going to take some time. And that doesn't even get into the question of can you pull the trigger, which a lot of people think they can, including me. But until it comes down to it, you never really know. It turns out that like dogs, people don't really want to kill each other mostly. I mean, yeah, there are sociopaths and shitheads, but most people don't want to go around killing other people. You know, it's a, it's a nice feature of our species, I think. Most people. But people do get tricked. They, they do get, you know, put in a uniform and sent to fight a battle someplace. Um... In terms of time to shoot, I think the Glock 19 was superior to the M9, to the Beretta. Um, in terms of accuracy, these are pistols. So a big, a big portion of the issue with your pistol isn't just the overall question of, is the pistol accurate? Can you use it effectively is also a better question. Another fun thing about the Glock is I think they managed to do something with a pistol that is kind of rare. They managed to make the ammo a first-class citizen. Not to say that Berettas have a low capacity. I think the Beretta that we were issued, you know, loaded up the 13 or something like that. But the Glock has a 15-round magazine. And those 15 rounds, if used correctly could be the difference between something bad happening to you and something bad happening to somebody else. I am not a believer in the spray and spray and pray mentality. People can get injured. And if you live in an apartment building, a modern one, and you're using 9 mil, I hope you're using hollow points because regular 9 mil will go through a wall and could potentially kill somebody. So just because you have a high magazine capacity doesn't make it good. But and I think this is important. Having that high magazine capacity in certain scenarios gives you an edge. So I'm not going to tell you guns are good or bad. I don't have that kind of crooked opinion. A gun is a tool. It's, it's a form of technology, like a car or a jet airplane or a chainsaw. And if you use your cars and jet airplanes and chainsaws to help people, God bless. And if you use them to hurt people, that's no good. And the same thing applies to guns. Next topic. But yeah, I, I think Glock is worth remembering. The guy created a pretty good pistol. You know? And, and I'll add one other thing. If you're involved in 3D gun printing, I think that the Glock revolution isn't necessarily connected to that directly, but there's a dotted line. Because I think Glock thought outside the box and I think that's driven a lot of today's gunsmiths and creators to think outside the box. So yeah, I think, I think he had a big impact. But I don't want to talk about, you know, what if somebody uses the gun to hurt somebody? Because like I said, it's technology, you know. You can be from California and you can go into a forest there and say, Oh my God, the beetles are killing the trees. Or you can have the common sense to know that the beetles are the wrecking crew. And the trees are dying. 
You can be from California and you can say, oh my God, people are being killed with guns. It must be the guns. Or it could be society's falling apart. And in addition to falling apart, there are people at the top who are taking wrecking balls to it. So, so two things are happening. You have social decay, you have economic decay, and then you have people, for whatever fucking reason, tossing wrecking balls at society. So there's a lot of reasons why people are doing nutty things. To include ongoing high-intensity military psychological warfare. But nowhere in any of this, whether it's a TikTok video mind-fucking people or some idiot with a gun, nowhere in this do I blame the TikTok technology, the phone, or the gun. Is that, is that clear enough? Because it seems really confusing to a lot of people at this point. I think there are people who believe that somehow, A, you could get rid of all the guns, <laughs> good luck with that, and B, that if you did, everything would be better. And yeah, you could kill every fucking beetle in every fucking forest in California, and, and the trees won't do any better. Next topic. Dan, clock, clock. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. TikTok is to a psyop what a hooker's vagina is to genital crabs. TikTok is to psyop bullshit what a hooker's vagina is to an STD. What does that mean, Dan? Well, firstly, you know, I don't know who controls TikTok. Um, You could say it's a People's Republic of China. Well, maybe. But then who controls them? Well, they control themselves, do they? Do they really? Maybe. I don't know, and you don't know. All right, but what TikTok definitely looks like is a you know a fire hose of nonsense, a lot of nonsense, a lot of trauma drama, a lot of stuff that makes no sense. Like I said, the fucking dancing nurses. What the fuck was that? I've never seen any good information on that. It's always this kind of urban legend. Oh, I saw a TikTok video and the nurses were dancing. Well, okay. You saw people dressed up like nurses and dancing during the worst pandemic ever. Okay. I I see you're a a student of Occam's Razor. But I don't want to spend more time on that because that's a shitty subject. Next topic. So a friend of mine is dead. Um, And when I say friend, I don't mean human friend. This is a friend I got to know when I was living in Utah. It's one of the reasons why I haven't been able to podcast much in the last week. It's one of the reasons why I'm kind of depressed right now. Boomer, the dog, um, was not my dog. He was a dog that was saved by two friends of mine, two friends that saved my life. In 2021, I was living in Seattle. You know, 
early 2021, I was still in the middle of the mind fuck. Watching the construction workers building things, watching them tear shit down in the middle of the worst pandemic ever. Yeah. In 2021, I had had my fill of Snake Pit Central, and I was in a bad place. And a person I didn't know, barely knew, um, a good man, drove up from Utah to pick me up and take me down to Utah. Um, the, the same person and his girlfriend, they saved Boomer, the dog, from dogfighters. People that were torturing Boomer to turn him, basically to get him to do what dogs and humans under normal circumstances don't want to do, and that is harm each other. And it turns out what's true with people is also true with dogs. You have to torture the fuck out of a dog to get it want to kill other dogs. Sorry if that sounds simplistic or naive or dumb, but you kind of have to torture the hell out of a dog to get it to want to kill other dogs. If there was an animal that ever had a reason to hate people forever, Boomer was an animal like that. He could have just hated everybody. Instead, he believed that my friends who saved my ass would save his. Instead, he became a dog that I walked almost every day for a couple years. More than a couple years. Instead, this dog that we can mock because it's a dog taught me something about forgiveness, by the way. One of the weakest issues I have in my own repertoire of failures, he taught me about it. Because Boomer could actually forgive. I remember walking him one day and the sprinklers turned on, and he jumped. And I said to myself, why is he jumping? He's such a brave dog. Well, one of the ways they torture dogs when they're training them to, to be harmful and mean is with water torture, but they do it a special time of year. They do it in the winter time. One of the ways they torture dogs is to starve them. You give basically three dogs half a dog's worth of food. Not a full dog's worth, half a dog's worth. And then you see them get angry, and you see them fight each other. Boomer had food aggression issues, all of which got better over time. He wasn't a perfect dog. What the fuck does that mean? What's a perfect person, you know? But I cared that he was here. And I know that he was loved. And I think, yeah, it would have been great for him and other people who love him if he could have lived longer. But he didn't. But I also know that just like my friends saving me and buying me a couple years of peace, they bought him peace. He could have easily died, starved to death, killed by another dog or a person in that world in which he was. Instead, there were kind people who gave a shit. And so that taught me something about hope, too. So yeah, Boomer's dead. And I, I don't know. I hope I see him in heaven. I know that probably sounds dumb too. I hope one day, if I can forgive the way that he did, I'll make it there. 
but time doesn't seem like it's stretching out for me or any of us, but definitely not me. So I don't have a lot of time left to figure out that skill called forgiveness, but I'm working on it. Next topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. We need not fear the unknown. We need not fear the unknown. We are already in its jaws. The jaws are clamping down. The teeth are yellow. You can feel it. We need not fear the unknown. Let go of your fear. There is no reason to be afraid. Because it's already here. Its teeth are sinking into you. Its teeth are sinking into me. Don't be afraid of your known. It's a dude standing right behind you with a bowie knife. You're already in its jaws. This is kind of a fucked up quote in a lot of ways. And I'll drink a little coffee, cafe au lait, before we talk further. But it's kind of a fucked up quote. Um, what does it mean, Dan? What does it mean? Well, there's good news and bad news. I'll give you the bad news first. The bad news is is that, yeah, I think we're being lied to on a gigantic scale. And I think it's greater than any other time in my life, and I doubt it covers up anything good. So whatever the fuck they're lying about, who knows, maybe it is the reset. Maybe Klaus Schwab gets a cod piece made of titanium. But whatever the fuck it is they're covering up, it, it can't be good. And I think it's near. So there's no reason to fear. It's already here. You're in its mouth. Like the Millennium Falcon in Empire Strikes Back. You think you're just in a cave, you horrid slave. You're in the great worm and things about to turn. No need to fear, baby. It's already here, baby. We're already in its jaws. Dan, you gotta have something better to say. Okay, okay, next topic. Maybe this is better. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Your bowl will get smaller, but the lies will get bigger. Your cup will be tiny, but the guy will be slimy. That's right. You'll get a smaller serving. But when the guy talks, you'll see him swerving. The bowl will get smaller. But the lies will get bigger. 
this is not a great one to talk about. Um, yeah. Let's go. Let's let's do the next topic. You can think on that on your own. In 2015, I began seeing two worlds. A world of fire and flame, hidden below a thin veneer of Potemkin bullshit. So I wrote an essay on a long dead blog, an essay of warning telling people shit would start going sideways in about five years. That would have been 2020. I saw three cranes, three construction cranes, large ones, while riding on the streetcar in Seattle in September of 2019. They looked like three crosses on a hill where a great redemption once occurred. They looked like three crosses on a hill where someone great once died. When I saw this, I knew it was time to tell my friends the world's about to tip over. I saw a virus that hated Lombardy, Italy, but loved little Saigon. It didn't obey Brownian motion, but it did tell us to put the lotion on our hands or else we get the lockdown again. The flu went away, but it would return one day like an old friend from an old lie. I saw a virus where if you walked into a restaurant and sat down at a booth, the virus couldn't get to you, but if you got up from the booth, the virus could kill you. So sit in the booth and go to Walmart, but don't go to church because the virus is there. I saw a riot that was choreographed with rubber cones. Never saw any triple-strand concertina wire, did we, Ian Miles Wrong? I saw commies guarded by cops, allowed to live in chop, a little sop from the Seattle government and other operators massaging the youth. I saw an orange king get chased by an old buffoon. I saw the drebly folk bow down before their gods as the stimulus checks and the PPP were unleashed, like Ron Jeremy in Panama City, 74. I saw a war with Russia that seemed like our trip to the moon. And in all the shadows, I saw AI make fake films and songs and poems and conversations. We hear a limited set of frequencies. We see a limited set of wavelengths and energies. We can touch and smell, but these are limited too. 
How many hidden predators might exist, not discovered by you or me, nor discoverable by humans? How many dead are really just prey to these things we can't see? Can you see what I mean? What if I saw the cave people of Capitol Hill play pretend at revolution, according to the FBI's will, but somehow they don't know where the Eckless building is? What if I saw a blank chalkboard? No writing, no reading, no healing, no truth. Just an empty fucking question. Something lost from youth. I see Tempest Queens real mean driving space cars to Mars and drinking moon beer in the bars. I see hooker nightmares driving old Chevy cars down by the sandbar where you were conceived. Do you see? If you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, that's really great news. If you listen and enjoy it, you can donate to it. It's up to you. There's a link to PayPal. Currently, PayPal works. At some point in the future, it probably won't. We'll find out. It's hard to say. But if you enjoy the podcast, you can donate to it. Before you do, listen to the fucking disclaimer. Number one. Take care of your food, water, shelter first. Number two, if there are people in your life that need help, help them first before donating to some random podcaster. If you're setting aside food for your family and you have a pet, dog, cat, parrot, fish, but I'm going to talk about dogs for a second. If you're setting aside food for your family, like let's say six months worth because you're an optimist, (laughs) make sure you're setting aside food for your pet. Um, Your dog, even a French bulldog, will do what it can to protect your family. I mean, the Frenchie will mostly be a noisemaker, but even the Frenchie will lunge itself at an enemy in order to protect its family. So if you have a dog and you're stockpiling food for your family, don't forget your dog. And last but not least, before you donate to me, note this. It's not the end of the world. Shit is crazy. It could get a lot fucking crazier, and yet it's still not the end of the world. And right now, we still have quasi-normalcy. Right now, we're in a state of super stability. Right now, you can still go to a movie, still go to a restaurant, still go to the grocery store, take out a loan on a steak and get one. Right now, things are still kind of normal. Doesn't mean you have a lot of extra money, but before you donate to me, donate to yourself. Give yourself a break, okay? Whatever it is. Maybe it's something big, maybe it's something small. But if you've taken care of your food, water, shelter, if you've taken care of the people you love, if you have some food set aside and you got some money left over, before you donate to me, donate to yourself. But if you have all the things you need and some of the things you want, and you want to keep me podcasting for some crooked fucking reason, you can donate to the podcast all the money you have fed. That's right, fed. You can give me $5 million. I'll stop talking. I'll stop talking about Antarctica. For $5 million.
It is Wednesday, hump day, January the 3rd, 2024, Bo Blimpdock. We are in year five of Bo Blimpdock. Remember, your good friend Dan said there'd only be five years. Then something's coming. Something fuzzy and hairy. Something unpredictable, yet predictable in a range. A fuzzy event could be geological, could be economic, could be the alien ships are coming into orbit. There's no way to know, baby. It's year five, baby. Just be ready for anything, baby, because hey, it's Bo Blimpdock, and I'm your good friend. Happy Wednesday.